Hello, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. Joining me, as always, is Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Uh, this week, we don't have a guest. It's just us two to discuss the race. So uh, apologies for anybody out there who's expecting um, a threesome, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, because that just means there's all the more for us to do, Andy. Exactly, yes. So, um, yeah, let's get into it a bit. Um, USA, USA, USA. Um, it's quite a, I don't know about you, but it kind of felt like the first real proper full-on race back to what it used to be like with the fans and everything else, the grid walks, all of that kind of yeah. stuff. It was it was the most normal feeling of all the ones we've had. I know we've had some fans at the other races, but this felt like full capacity, the full works. It was like everything had gone back to normal. In fact, it was almost like COVID didn't exist, which let's hope that doesn't come back to bite anyone in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, I don't know about you, but when I saw the fans flowing onto the pit straight after the race, I was a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure I'd want to be in a crowd that big. Um, but it was good to watch from a yeah. safe distance. <laughs> there was the 400,000 people there over the Grand Prix weekend. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Now, I think there was a, a a huge number, slightly more than expected, because I think I saw at one point they were saying 380,000. So, hmm. so, yeah, I think that's really good for the circuit. You know, I'm sure... They, like everyone else, struggle when they're not able to perform their business. Um, and they certainly looked like they had some good stuff going on there. It looked like a busy site for the fans to go and visit things. I'm not saying I'd be someone who would go on a Ferris wheel halfway through a race. I kind of looked at those people and thought, what are you doing? You've, you've got an F1 I've, ticket. It's I've often wondered that. Sometimes when the yeah. race is on, they give you an aerial shot and there's people yeah. who sat away from the track having a beer and all that maybe that's what they came for maybe, maybe they wanted to I have a the, beer for 170 pounds and... the closest i've done to that was when i was in singapore i went on the singapore flyer during one of the practice sessions so i could see the cars but there's no way i'd do it during a race got alive yeah. um but yeah it looked like there was stuff going on it looked like there were activities it was good to see people having fun they had big foam fingers and flags and all of the razzmatazz and the things that that I'd really like if I went all the way to America to go to a race. So let's yeah. hope they keep on doing well, it. Yeah, they have concerts afterwards and everything else. Did you see the uh, the McLaren fan in the stand do a shoey during? I think it was during qualifying or something. That I was, did. That I was did. good work. That was really good work. <laughs> So I secretly hope that man was already married because he's not going to do very well pouring all of his drink down his T-shirt and walking around looking like that all day long. Um, <laughs> Most of it did go down his T-shirt, but yeah, you know. It did, it did. Live on there, live on international TV, well done. The, the things people do when they're amidst, you know, celebrity and, and cameras. I mean, I, I was once at testing and I saw a man rip his shirt off in the cold and throw it to Kevin Magnuson. You know, it just goes to show... We all have those those silly moments, don't we, Andy? Oh, I wonder who that was. 
those on the podcast who don't know, that was Andy. <laughs> Yes. Well, I I sent him a, (laughs) I I threw him a cat to sign, and he only had we only had a black marker, and it was a black cat. And he went, it just doesn't work. So I literally just I had a white McLaren shirt on, and I just kind of without thinking just took it off and threw that at him. (laughs) He could sign that. Yes, Uh, but you know it's you know it's winter testing, and no one expected to see your nipples on that day, don't you? Well, you know. These things happen. <laughs> Half naked at a Formula One track. There you go. It will go down in history. It's a legendary moment. I do it's believe. Infamous. I do believe there's some video somewhere as well, which is worrying. <laughs> anyway, I digress. The point. Hmm. The point I was making is people do funny things when they're on telly or when they've got opportunities like that, like yeah. doing a shiri. Yes. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. So it, it was a good kind of. I guess the times in the UK were a little bit skew if to what they normally are for Austin, but it seemed to sort of suit a lot of the major audiences around the world to have it at that time as well. Yeah, I, I didn't object. It meant that I could do stuff during the day. Yeah. Quali went on quite late, but the race itself, that was that was a good time for me. You know, I'd quite happily have it at that time every week, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, as for the actual sort of race itself or the race weekend itself um i thought we looked pretty good during the free practices or at least solid enough for sort of um uh, getting in it sort of um i think at one point in fp2 lando norris finished second didn't he so i had second i thought it was third was it okay it might have been third yeah i had high hopes High up on the list. Yes. yes, it was good. It was good. So I think, like, if you looked at the weekend, there was definitely Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, and us, and then a gap to everyone else sort of fighting for the rest of it. So, um, yeah, you know, I kind of feel like we are where we want to kind of be in that respect. Um, one thing that I kind of, kind of, you know, sort of in the in the construction, I'll bring it up a bit later, was that, um, you know, we we we're doing quite well this year. We, I think we're doing better than what we expected, really, um, to, to still yep. be with a, a chance. Um, and then, sort of, if we go on to quali, um, you know, I, I guess I say most sort of race weekends, uh, a quali, quali in the top 10 and finish the race in the top 10 is kind of what we're sort of expecting. Podiums and wins are the sort of cherry on the top of the cake for me, I guess, this year. Um, yeah, and I know how you like cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I think what we've always looked for as fans is consistency. Yes. And and we, we seem to be doing that very well at the moment. And, yeah, you know, we get excited and we're like, oh, come on, Lando, how are you going to do? You know, we think that, you know, there, there could be a chance of a podium. And I put my one-pound bets on every week, as you know. Um, but yeah, double points and both getting through to Q3, that's that's solid. And if we could do that every week, that always puts us in a really good place. Yeah. Yeah, I'd take that every for the last five weekends, I think. I think I'd take that because that gives us a chance. Yeah. That's consistency. We've got a chance, you know, five five races to go. We've still got a chance of that third place. Um yep. however, I do think the Ferraris looked quite strong at the weekend. But then there'll be tracks yeah. where they don't. 
So, um, so I guess the question is, did the Ferraris look strong because they've improved, or was it just the track, or have we? Or both? Not, um, yeah, or both. There's 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 a lot of variables there, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Um, what I really did like, though, what I really did like, and I'm jumping ahead to talk about the race a bit here. I really liked, although I was on the edge of my seat and very nervous, the lap one, triple, three abreast going round the corners, Carlos in a in a sandwich. What did you feel about that when you were watching it, Andy? Did it did it make you need a wee? Uh, <laughs> maybe not so quite like that. But, and I know that there's a few people out there that would like the Carlos sandwich. But, um, you know, sort of certainly, um, I, yeah, you know, I think we, we had some, we had a decent start and we got up to that corner and we were in with a fight. Nobody got any damage to come through that corner yep. where we were and no damage and, have, and fighting oh, the Ferrari. I totally. thought we were doing pretty well. That's the first target, isn't it? Get round turn one in tax mm. in one piece. And that was... That was like the first tick box, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was it was it last year when um, was it Kvyat torpedoed both of our cars out in the first corner? Yeah. You know that's what you don't want yeah. through no fault of your own. Somebody just flying in the side of you like a missile. So yeah. So um, let's just have a quick t- chat about quality. It seemed that um, really everybody wanted to be on the mediums to start yeah, yeah. the race. Um, barring science for some reason. But, um, yeah, we qualified sixth for Ricardo, and was it eighth for Norris? I thought it was seventh. Was it? I'm, I'm not yeah. sure, because obviously the penalties sort of... Yeah, I thought they were sixth. I think, I think sixth and seventh, because they were right behind each other. Ah, and then right, OK. With, yeah. with Bottas's penalty, both moved up a spot. Yeah, so um, that's, that's, that's another good sign that we're qualifying together. And there's yep. not a gap um, like yep. I've had in the first half of the season. It's uh, certainly making me feel that you know, sort of Danny Rick's getting um, to grips with that car a little bit now. Um, yeah, but yeah, very. I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a theory on Danny Rick, and I'm going to segue off slightly here because we we might cover it later on. But I'm going to just let you know my theory. Okay. When you're really worried about something, or it's playing on your mind. It's, it's always there. It's like a weight on your shoulders. But when you're able to relax and just get on with things and something takes your mind off a bit, sometimes you do your best work because you're not overthinking it, you're not overplaying it, you're not, you know, pushing it. So my theory is that because Danny Rick was talking Texan, wearing cowboy boots, messing about all weekend, he was actually more relaxed and therefore drove more naturally without overthinking it without worrying and therefore qualified slightly above Lando and and drove well in the race um I could be talking utter rubbish but I like the sound of it (laughs) yeah uh, well let's let's talk a bit about Danny Rick later on and we'll we'll definitely touch on that side of it um let's just jump back to sort of the race and a few points from that then um so yeah so yeah, we had a good start. Um, we seemed to be quite competitive. We were swapping places with Ferraris every now and then, which was good. Um, and I thought we were doing quite well. We got, I mean, we've got Danny Rick in front of Carlos um, in, in the end of it. 
Um, and I thought Lando was going to get him as well. Yeah, I did too. And I thought, right, Lando's got him here and we're going to do pretty well. And then um, I totally got why they brought in Danny Rick to pit because they were covering off Saints and Leclerc, I think, with that. But yep. I didn't get, I did, didn't, and it's just me, maybe, I just couldn't figure out why we double stacked. I think, I think you were covering off the same people. I think they were covering off the same cars. Yeah. So it made state to to do that. It made sense, sorry, to do that. Um, and and I think there would have been nothing wrong with that double stack. They were ready for Lando as soon as Dan moved out. They were ready for Lando. They weren't running around looking for tyres, were they? No. So what made that pit stop slow wasn't anything to do with the fact they double stacked. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a coincidence. Yeah, there was nothing that jumped out to show why it was slow. There wasn't a, you know, I think no. it was 4.7, wasn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And and really, I don't know what might have caused that. Maybe they'll, we'll find out in the next few days or something like that. But, um, yeah. Well, I did hear some uh, some team radio where Will Joseph was saying to Lando, this is this is where you prove to us why you're a superstar or something equivalent to that. I may be quoting that wrongly. You know, go for it, push. Um, and, and you know, Lando doesn't need to be told twice to do that. So I have to assume he was getting the most out of the car that he could. Now, afterwards in the interviews, he did say, oh, I could have done better. I made a few mistakes. But I didn't particularly notice any mistakes. Did you? No, not at all. I think he's just been quite hard on himself. Uh, we know he's got Always. a tendency to do that. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. To the point where Rachel Brooks told him off after yeah. qualifying and yeah. said, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I think I just couldn't figure out why we double stacked. And, yeah, maybe we were covering them off. But um, given that the undercut is so powerful, Mm. You saw it from Max Verstappen getting six seconds ahead of Lewis when their pit stops were quite comparable and stuff like that. It was just a couple of laps different. Um, but I still feel that we could have just maybe brought Lando in the next lap and we still would have probably been okay. Um, but then again, I'm not a strategist. And I guess, God, so we God help any team that would put me on the wall being a strategist. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> We need, we need a hotline to Randy, as usual, don't we, to find yes. out exactly what's gone on there. Yeah. Randy, yeah. if you do listen to the podcast, please feel free to, to chirp up and tell us to shut up at any point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, stop talking about strategy. <laughs> um, and stop talking about pit stops. Yeah. Oh, I love talking about pit stops. You know that. Um, <laughs> but one thing I would say is that I, I thought Danny Rick did Fantastic job in the race. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we were faster than the Ferraris this weekend. No. no, definitely not. So to defend for how long he did and um for as you know as much as he did and stuff like that was really, really quite good. I, I thought um I thought there was a few points where Carlos was gonna get in and yeah. he just put the car in the right place and went, well. If you're going to come past me, you've got to go the hard way around or something like that. 
So. I did see McLaren's tweet with the pictures of the brick wall, and I thought, yeah, that's appropriate because <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what he did. And yeah. you know, at the time when him and Carlos touched, um, I thought, oh, this is going to be game over. The next lap, he's going to he's going to get by. Um, and then the next time I looked, Carlos had, had dropped back, you know, and was was sort of one point eight seconds behind that sort of distance. So. You know, whether he sustained a little bit of damage, I think they thought where they touched, he might have sustained a bit of damage to his front wing, something like that. And whether that had any aero hit, I don't know. But but certainly he seemed to maintain a, a close but significantly bigger gap after that. Um, and good, you know, good work by Dan, like you say. Um, having a mirror full of the red car must be uh, quite off-putting. Yes, yes, I think so. I think so. Um... And yeah, I think you know the the DRS was quite powerful this weekend as well. So quite yeah. a few overtakes of the DRS, um, especially coming into that first corner, because you you got a little bit extra um, because of the incline. Um, but yeah, I think overall, if you'd said to me, um, you know, before the race that we we're going to finish with a a fifth and a an eighth. I would have taken it. Yeah, I think I'd have assumed we might have been our two cars closer together, wherever they were. Yeah. Uh, so like fifth and sixth or sixth and seventh or something like that. Um, but, you know, solid points, just like we said earlier, solid, solid double points in yeah. the bag. And, you know, where does that leave us? Well, we've got we've got 254 points now. And Ferrari have got 250.5. Oh, the point five. Oh, oh I know. I'm, I'm totally <laughs> that. The, the so half point three, does, we, does my not. <laughs> exactly. So we're three and a half points ahead of Ferrari still. Yes. Um, so, you know, we're, we're maintaining that, that advantage, even though it's, it's, it's a small one. Yeah. Um, but we've got it and we're ahead of them. And, you know, there's five more races to go. Yeah, and things things can change. I mean, with with the last race last year, we were well behind Racing Point. Yep. And it swung our way. You know that this is the thing. There's five races to go. There's going to be more reliability. There's going to be yeah. incidents and everything. Um, you know, so it's not a foregone conclusion. It's very close. Um, and hopefully, what that means as well is that we start we see a bit more of us on TV. Yeah, because we didn't see much of us. I mean, I was waiting to see us cross the line, and I never did. Yeah, I realised we're, we're still going round now because they haven't. Fought. We are, we are, <laughs> we're still going round. They must have run out of fuel by now. Yeah, it'd be like the Flintstones car. They'll have to make a hole in the uh, in the plate and in in the in the plank on the bottom, and have to be pedalling along. But you know, fair play. There's these two people winning the championship, and it's exciting, and it's going down to the wire but I'd quite like to see all the cars cross the line even even those those funny ones at the back with that bloke that drives that we're not really keen on yeah. everybody has a team they like and so if I ruled the world Sarah for Prime Minister I would make sure that no matter what happens however we do it be it split screens or whatever you get to see every car cross the finish line yeah. you can be there Prime Minister as long as we can have Kimmy for President <laughs> he's retiring, mate. I don't know if he'd want that's, it. That's what he's going to do, isn't it? He's going think? to be the president of Finland. 
I wouldn't be surprised. So one thing I just so, want to bring up on constructors that kind of crossed my mind at the weekend that I've not heard talked about for a while, but I think it's a really valid point is um, this is our first season with the Mercedes engine in. Now, yep. because of that, we used up a hell of a lot of our tokens for the year, for the development yep. and everything else like that. So we have been, I wouldn't say at a dis- disadvantage, we've had less tokens to use than we might have done if we'd had that Mercedes in two years ago. So really, to be head of Ferrari at this point is unbelievable because they've been able to develop yeah. all the way through with full allocation of tokens. So, I think it's it's good that you thought of that because I think we've all forgotten about it yeah. because they've stopped talking about it so much. It used to be a real focal point, didn't it? Yeah. Now they're just so focused on how many engines everyone's used. So I guess I guess that's a good one to discuss as well then. If there's been problems with the Mercedes engine and other teams, Williams um, Racing Point, I believe, have had to take different engines to deal with that, why haven't we? Or have we? And I haven't noticed. And will we need to to take an engine penalty in these last few races? Well, the fact that like Bottas has and a few of the others is, is kind of telling as well. So... Um... But yeah. remember a couple of years ago when uh, Red Bull had loads of problems with their engine, it was essentially the same as what Renault had and what we had, yet we weren't having the problems, but they ran it at a different spec or something like that or yeah. whatever. Yeah, It could be something to do with that. It could just be the way that they're running the engines and we're running them slightly different. Um, That's very true, and I don't want to jinx it, but could it be that our car, our airflow, the way we're running it, the way we've got our car set up, is kinder to the Mercedes engine than the Mercedes is? Quite possible. Quite possible. But Answers you, on a postcard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, it just could be something with, a, with those engines. You know, let's be honest, we're 21 races, sort of, meant to have this year with three engines. It's not a lot. Yeah. That, you no. know, that you, if you go back to the original design for all of these engines, you know, you're talking about 10 years ago they were designed where you could actually have five, I think it was at that point. So, yeah, yeah you know, the, 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 there are always, always going to be improvements and things like that. So um, I, I would think that I wouldn't be surprised if we do have to take a penalty at some point for one, at least one of the cars. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's going to have to be a tactical penalty-taking exercise somewhere somewhere that we're not going to be uh, expected to do that well. But let's just see. Let's see what happens. Um, I'm, hoping, yeah. I'm hoping we are good in Mexico and can get some more points on the board. But who knows? Mexico's a weird track. You can't Because of the altitude and everything, you're never quite sure, are you? So... Well, that Mexico is a is a track that's hard on engines, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, who knows? Bottas could be <laughs> going for another one. <laughs> yeah. Mister Engine, as I now call him. Yeah. yeah. But then again, we you know we've we've done this in the past in the Honda years. So <laughs> sorry, you didn't you didn't do your inverted commas quotes the sorry, Honda years. Honda years. Yeah. I have you know, Mister Donnelly, I used that quote on the radio this morning. <laughs> When I was yeah. on BBC Radio Surrey talking about Woking's finest, I mentioned the Honda years. 
So yeah, but how did that come about then? Um, I, I was contacted by the radio station, and they said that they'd asked uh, other contacts in F1 for names of a fan to talk to, and they'd been given my name. So they right. looked me up on Twitter. Thought I looked looked reasonably sensible and not totally bonkers, which I always take as a compliment. Yeah, because um, I am a bit bonkers. And um, and yeah, they did. They phoned me up, did a phone call, and just said, "Oh, you know, would you like to come on the breakfast show?" I then balked at the time. They said, "Oh my god, I've got to get up early for that." Um, so yes, yeah, so I was on on the breakfast show this morning. Um, and because Surrey, obviously Woking is in Surrey, they they really wanted to focus on McLaren. Right. I did notice, though, the presenter made a little mistake at the beginning. He said, and uh, Lando Norris finished fifth in the USGP. And I'm like, no, that wasn't him. That was the other driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, well. but, but I guess that's that's the thing when you're you're chatting to people who aren't quite as fanatical as we are on things. Hmm. Um, but they did let me plug the podcast, which was which was a great opportunity. So, that's uh, good. That's, that's yes. Good. Yeah. Anyone that's listening to us tonight that found us on BBC Radio Surrey, drop us a tweet and let us know. Yes, it'd be good to hear from you. And uh, yeah, anyone else who's out there that's kind of um, discovered us in an unusual way, let us know. Um, let's talk <laughs> Zach Brown. Yeah. And let's talk about tattoos. So, um, yeah. I mean, I don't think we've seen the full kind of close-up of it yet. Maybe there's a reveal at some point. I mean, it's quite obvious he's got Monza on there. Did you not watch the, the Sky programme? <laughs> did you did you not see them tattooing him? Yeah. And then they, he stood up and it was his arm with the tattoo on it. And the yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking more of a sort of, a, you know, like the actual design and, and a bit more detail to it than just... No, that's, that's it. That's... Arm. All right, okay. Um, I, I think that's I think that's all he's having is just the black outline of the track right. and the date. And the date was in American format, which obviously makes a lot of sense to Zach. But I felt he should have had it in, in you know, new format. <laughs> Roman numeral. So yeah. chiseled in a, in a stone tablet. I yeah. thought he should have had it in the EU format, seeing as the race was in Monza yeah. and it was in Italy. But... Um, yeah. Yeah, that must have been a big thing for Zach to have that if he's scared of needles. Yeah. Um, Did you see what, obviously, the, the it's something to do with a charity and there's a challenge. And I missed yes. the coverage that where they said they were going for the next one, unless, unless they haven't yet. I'm not sure. So after the, after the, um, the piece with Zach, they had Stefano Domenicali outside the garage with Zach uh, chatting about it and he said he would like to challenge him to do that in future um and he said what about you know jumping out of an airplane doing this doing that doing something at sea um and he said he was he was not happy with water but he was happy to do something as long as it was in the air and that right. they'd get together and work on that so you know i know that i know the the previous one was about a year ago with toto wasn't it so i guess that will be something we see in the future yeah it's a good thing, though. It's interesting. Um, yeah, you know, it, it gives is. It a bit of, uh, you know, the team principals and the bosses a little bit more of personality and characters. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, maybe, maybe one year they can uh, sort of, you know, maybe ask Gunter to stop swearing for a whole weekend. 
<laughs> and every oh, I don't know. I mean, every they, time that he does, he has to put a pound in the uh, swear jar, and that goes to charity. <laughs> they, they have to be achievable targets, though, Andy. Don't yeah, they? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So yeah, I thought I thought that was brave of Zach to have a tattoo, and, and you know that does then cross over to the the story of Cyril, who at Renault promised Danny Rick that he would have a tattoo, and I believe he hasn't had it yet. Well, he's disappeared off the face of the earth, as Cyril, hasn't he? So nobody knows. But I know, but he made a promise. His word should be his bond. It should be, yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Zach's doubly good because Zach's ticked the box on that front as well. Yeah. So um I get I guess that covers most of the stuff. The only one thing that I've kind of got left on the sort of running order here is um uh let's talk a bit Danny Rick. Yeah. And um obviously we touched on a bit earlier about how much he loves Texas and sort of always sort of, you know. Blings it up for the race weekend with his, I don't know what he was, uh, was he wearing a, an American football shirt and then some sort of outfit yep. and boots and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it was a Texas Longhorns vest that he had on yesterday. Right. Um, he'd got his cowboy boots. He was chewing a matchstick. Yeah. Y'all doing the accent, which, you know, I have to say to any Americans listening to this, are you insulted by Danny Rick's awful accent that he does? His awful impression. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure how to receive it or not, really. But I think we have to take it in the spirit it's it's uh, it's meant with. He loves Texas. He loves America, and he really enjoys it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, uh, he had a go at in the NASCAR. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yes. It? Yes. Um, so um, he also had a tribute helmet, didn't he? Yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that NASCAR going around, I mean, the, the, the noise, it was just amazing, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it looked great fun. Um, yeah. And he you know, did a few burnouts and stuff like that. But those tyres, the size of the tyres on it look mental. <laughs> I know. I did hear him say a few comments about the size of the steering wheel and things oh, like yeah. that. Um but, you know, is it possible that Danny Rick, the man with the biggest smile in F1, could actually have an even bigger smile on his face as he finished that lap? Um, yeah. You know, he just looked so happy, didn't he? Yeah. I think that goes also back to your point earlier that he's been a bit more relaxed, did quite well for us. Um, yeah. and I think he's definitely stepped up since the winter break or the summer break, yeah. sorry. The winter break soon. But, yeah, since the summer break and – uh yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's the time that we need him, isn't it? We need both drivers to sort of step up for the last five races, see where we get. Yeah, and I guess with Danny Rick, you know, you, you use the phrase stepped up there. Do I think he's stepped up? No, I think he's just still doing what he always does. I just think it's it's connecting now. It's 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 all coming together for him. You know, I know he wasn't comfortable in the car and I believe he wasn't comfortable with the brakes from what I'd read. Um, so, you know, you've got to have ultimate confidence in that to be able to fling one of these things around at many kilometres per hour, haven't you? You know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's it's all come together. And then that added confidence. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's going really well for him at the moment. Um 
Lando this weekend, although he was smiling and although he looked happy, there were times when he looked a bit stressed out. Um, so I don't know whether that puts him under more pressure when Dan's doing well or if, again, whether I'm just imagining that. What do you think about that? Um, I think he's always been a little bit harsh. Coming towards the end of the season as well, it's probably a little bit more pressure on him now rather than the beginning of the season where it was like just go out and enjoy it, I guess. it's You know, and also... <sighs> I wonder how much that Sochi um, drive has taken it out of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether he's actually properly recovered from that yet. Um, yeah, that must play on your mind, mustn't it? I mean, I know I've I've mentioned the positives and said he was uh, fastest lap. He was pole position. He was driver of the day. Mm. All great things. Um, but in his mind, he lost the race. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've heard him say before that he looks forward, that he likes to park things and move on. And I really hope he has been able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. Yes. Um, right. Well, I think that kind of covers it for this week's episode. Um, we'll be back after Mexico. Um, hopefully we have a good weekend then. And um, yeah, uh, thanks for joining us, Sarah. And uh, yeah, um, <laughs> that's all right, Andy. I, I I come here often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And we'll we'll endeavour to get a guest for next time as well. So um, yeah, um, thanks for listening. And um, yeah, we'll uh, speak to you all soon. <laughs>